0: Hello everybody, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to the Psychic Matters Podcast, episode number six. If you're already subscribed to the show, thank you so much. That's really fantastic and I really appreciate you. If you're new to the Psychic Matters Podcast, welcome to the community. Do make sure you subscribe to the show because I'm here not only to teach you proven techniques for spiritual and psychic development from the comfort of your own home, but also I'm here to investigate the teachings of experts across the globe to bring you their wisdom, their advice, and their spiritual wealth. This week, I have a very special guest on the show and a great friend of mine, international psychic medium, sound healer, spiritual tutor and intuitive life coach Larry Davids. If you've ever wondered where mediumship information comes from, why meditation and sitting in the power are a key component in mediumship development, or how to maintain consistency with your mediumship demonstrations, today's guest is here with a huge amount of information to share. Larry Davids is on the show. He tells some fascinating stories about the importance of leaving your comfort zone and of embracing your individuality. And he's here to show you how to take the necessary steps to becoming a professional working medium. So if you're ready, let's begin. I'm here today with fantastically talented medium Larry Davids and Larry and I often dem together in spiritualist churches and private events and we've known each other for quite a few years now. We've studied together as well. Uh, uh, Larry, welcome to Psychic Matters.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure, Larry. So tell us... um, of course, I know all about you <laughs> and uh, we have a good friendship, but tell, tell the listeners a little bit about you, who you are and the sort of work that you do.
1: Well, I used to be a, a full-time musician and um, played with many famous bands and famous bands, did acting for film and TV, uh, voiceover work for many famous DVDs, uh, TV commercial work composed for famous TV shows and film. And I still do that bit part-time. And then I was teaching at became a music lecturer because I became tired of being on the road all the time. But during that interim, I've always been doing my spiritual work on the side. So when I was 14, I studied spiritual healing. And at 15 I started giving readings just with playing cards. (coughs) And at that time, as well as reading lots of spiritual books that my mom used to take out the library about mediums. And so luckily for me, from a young age, I got exposed to all these mediums who are now considered the greats, like Arthur Ledbetter, Alice Bailey, Edgar Cayce, um, Madame Blavatsky, and on and on. So of course, I used to read those books, and I used to see leprechauns all the time as well. In broad daylight, I'd be out in back garden playing my guitar, and they'd be running in threes. And at night, I'd see them going through my sister's bedroom, the door was closed, and I'd run in there, get told off for waking up my sister, and my parents thought I was nuts, saying, go back to bed. There's no such thing as leprechauns. <laughs> and I used to see people's auras really clearly with my physical eyes, which is called objective seeing. But of course, when you see all this from a young age like that, you don't think anything of it. You just think, oh, well, you just take it for granted. And it's not till you decide that you actually want to become a medium or a spiritual working person that you realize, gosh. All those gifts I used to have that took for granted. I wish I had them now.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. S- yeah. <clears throat> S- sorry, Larry, to interrupt you, but let's go back a little bit about some of those things that you've just mentioned because this is very, very interesting. So you mentioned that your mother used to get books out for you from the library. So tell us a little bit about that. So it sounds like you had an introduction to mediumship and psychic work through your... Through your mom. So tell us a little bit about her and your relationship.
1: Yeah, I think my mom could have been a great medium because when my dad passed away, she used to see him like in the front room, walking through the TV, sitting at the end of, of her bed. And I remember once she did this um, meditation retreat course and she was uh, waking up in bed. She was lying there in bed in a bedroom and she could clearly see her grandmother as if it was a real person in a bedroom and it kind of freaked her out. And the grandmother was talking to her, picking up her clothes, saying, gosh, today's fashion is outrageous, and what's this, what's that? And then she said, must have lasted for about a good five minutes, and then she just vanished. So I used to tell her, you know, you should really be a working medium. You seem to have these amazing uh, visuals that I don't get. And um, so she would always see my father all the time, and she's always been a spiritual person, but I don't think she was really one to want to develop it. She would say, oh, that's your job, you do it. It was very blasé for her. And uh, But it was thanks to her, I think, I got introduced when I was a teenager to all these mediums because, as I say, she used to go to the library and read all these books then we'd discuss it. And then I would practice doing psychometry with her all the time. And she would write everything down. And she'd say, gosh, the information you got is amazing. Is There's no way to have known this or known that from her grandparents or great-grandparents. I was getting names and all sorts of information. So I think thanks to her, she was training me up without me even realising it in the early days on how just to use your abilities without being told any rules on how one should give a reading.
0: Yeah, sure. And that sounds like you were very lucky because a lot of people don't have that acceptance when they're growing up.
1: No, that's true. My dad thought it was completely crazy, but um, he he couldn't stand this. So, of course, we had to do it when he was busy or not around, basically, because it just seemed to drive him nuts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> how funny um so tell us also about you mentioned leprechauns now that's a very unusual thing to to see and to uh experience so tell us a little bit about what that was like and and when that first happened
1: well I was definitely um saw them my entire time while I was a teenager right up into my 20s and I just used to see them always in threes or sometimes in one, and they always seemed to be running or always seemed to be in a rush. So it's not like they stood there in front of me just speaking to me. They would just be running by or always in a rush. And in the daytime, it was okay because I'd see them and it was just like, oh, there's those funny looking people again. But it was always at nighttime that I'd get spooked out because as you can imagine, because they look like white misty people, and but they look like a leprechaun that had the hat on and the way they seem in cartoons with a vest and everything. But um, they would never stand there and just speak or say anything. And and also, while I was seeing leprechauns, here and there, I would start seeing, like, spirit. But again, they wouldn't talk to me. They just would show up, like, as if they'd be phased in, and then they would phase out. And the last time I saw a really clearly spirit, like a, a real human being, it was in Chicago studying with Sonia Charquette. I think that must have been two thousand nine, and she hadn't told anyone her father had passed away. So during the lunch break, I went up to her and said, "You won't believe this. You might think I'm nuts, but the whole time you were speaking, I could see this man, like he was really alive, standing right behind you." So she said, "Okay, carry on, tell me a bit more." So I described him, said what he told me to tell her. and Then she burst out crying, saying, "Oh my gosh, that's my dad. He passed away a week ago, but I didn't want to say anything because she says you know what it's like—you're in a room with a hundred psychics." If you say anything, they'll all come up to you and say, oh, I've got your father here. <laughs> so yes. she said she wanted to see if anybody without her saying anything would actually pick anything up naturally. So she gave me a big hug and said I made her day. So that was really cool. Wow,
0: oh, that's a beautiful story, Larry. And tell me then, so you saw these misty um, spirit leprechauns and then that sort of progressed into seeing spirit people. And you had that really amazing experience with Sonia Chiquette in Chicago. Um Tell me a little bit then about how you progressed from being a musician and uh, a composer and a voice artist into sort of taking this much further and being more full-time as a site. Well,
1: even when I was a full-time musician touring and teaching music, I was always giving Reiki sessions in my flat or giving readings here and there. There was no spiritual churches. I wasn't aware the word demming or demonstration mediumship. I would just do it privately. So I had never done any demming, as they say. I didn't even know that existed. And that was never in my portfolio, as it were, to say one day I'll be a demming medium. So I would just carry on giving readings with the cards, the playing cards, or just look at people and give what I call psychic readings. And sometimes links would come in and I would just give what I get. So I was always giving a combination of psychic and mediumship without really knowing it was really called mediumship.
0: Sure. And, and we, talk, we talk a lot about Deming and you mentioning there being a Deming medium. And some people listening to this podcast may not know what Deming means. Can you explain that for people?
1: Uh, for my understanding, Deming is the word Dem is an abbreviation from the word demonstration. So demonstration means uh, what me and you do. We demonstrate in the spiritual churches or we do what's called live events where people pay money. And come and see us demonstrate our mediumship.
0: And it's fun, isn't it? When we work together, there's two of us on the platform and we take it in turns. I'm just trying to describe it for the listeners so that people that may not understand what it is. um, You may go up first onto the platform, the platform being a small stage um, or platform podium. And then you might go up first and you start to become aware of people in the spirit world and bring through links uh, what we call a link, a link to the person in the spirit world, and then you will what if you could just explain a little bit more about the actual process of a demonstration, Larry, that might be very interesting for people
1: well, as people may know, everyone works differently, like with music, we all learn basically the same language as only seven notes in the western major scale, but yet with this classical country jazz, pop, rock funk. Every artist, whether it's band or solo artist, ends up sounding different because we have our own individual blueprint. So with mediumship, the way I work, it's the same thing. We more or less get exposed to the similar foundation, bring in specifics. So the way I do it, I just feel, as you said, energy building up. And I normally see things quite clearly in my mind's eye. And I'm normally hearing things, not objectively with my physical ears, but I'll hear words in my mind. Either songs. For example, last week I was in Birmingham working and I clearly heard Johnny Cash, the name Johnny Cash in my head, and the song Ring of Fire. And this voice was saying, Give that to the um, recipient. So I did. And the woman burst out crying. She said, Oh my God, that was my dad's favorite artist's favorite song. He used to listen to that all the time. So you see, if we listened to me, it made no sense. But I just gave it. And to the, to the woman who was getting the reading, it made complete sense. So with mediumship, what I've learned is just to give whatever you feel, hear or get visually, however you receive the information and not try and analyze it. And of course, we don't always get a yes, but it's good just to give it out to the audience.
0: Yeah, sure. And that's, that's really fascinating because when I work with you on platform, I'm always um, really kind of taken aback and amazed about the, accuracy of your work and the um, the evidence that you're able to bring forward because both you and I work in a very different way. So for me, when I'm getting information, I'm perceiving who is stepping close to me from the spirit world. I build up that image in my mind's eye, and then I look out into the audience and I feel where I believe that person is trying to connect. So then I will point to the person I feel is connected to the person in the spirit world. However, you, Larry, when you're working, you'll often just say, I want to come to the lady in the front row and you'll go bang, 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 bang with all this information and evidence. And how do you do that? How, how does that work for you? Where does that information come from? And how do you know you want to go to that person in the front row?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of like trusting my intuition. And from some tutors that we've studied with who say, even if you don't feel you have a link, who do you feel you're drawn to? Just go to that person. And as you do that, you're starting to make a connection because the energy is building up. So uh, for me, I've learned to just say anything to try and build up the power and the energy link, whether I've the color or anything. And then for me, I think I'm just lucky in the sense that as I say anything, it's a bit like music. When I used to um, be at music school, I would just improvise and people would say, well, how do you do that? But that's because I wasn't bogged down with all these rules of like, we're in the key of C. You have to use a C major scale. I would just play what I felt or heard in my head. So I feel I do the same thing with mediumship. I don't try to restrict myself with rules saying, Oh, you must start your mediumship this way, or you should give it this way. I just like to give whatever I get. And as you know, Uh, most of the time it seems to work out
0: yeah it works out really well it's it's lovely and it's always fun working with you you always make it really fun larry and i for those people that are listening i will often drive over to larry's flat i'll pick him up in the car and then we'll drive and we'll just entertain each other with stories of our week on the way to our demonstration and then we'll demonstrate together and then i'll drop you back it's fun isn't it larry
1: it's great fun because you never know what you're going to get, like strawberries after a dem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Indeed, lovely strawberries that we sometimes get. Um, so, do you are you now working, Larry, uh, full time as a medium, um, or are you still? You you mentioned you sometimes still do composing or uh, work as a musician. Uh,
1: that's right. I still uh, occasionally gig, play music with various musicians, and uh, recently I've been composing violin soundtracks for a new uh, scary horror movie so I still do my music uh, part-time and as of July 2018 I'm no longer teaching at university because the university laid off all its music lecturers. so that uh, kind of forced me to see if I could do my spiritual work full-time and luckily for me it's worked out really well combining not just my psychic mediumship but the uh, other tools I offer as well.
0: And tell us what they are Larry what else do you offer?
1: Well, I also um, teach Reiki. I'm a Reiki practitioner, Reiki master. Not that I like the word master, because that um, gives the feeling that oh, if he's a master, he must know everything. But far from it. I'm always learning new things or trying to learn new things. And then I'm also a sound healer, sound healer teacher, and I'm an intuitive life coach, and I teach psychic mediumship in spiritual churches and on online as well. And um, work with you sometimes when we can together doing psychic mediumship events.
0: That's right. Exactly. And your healing, it sounds really fascinating, sound healing. And that's an area that I'm not, I'm sort of familiar with it, but I'm not too sure what that is. Can you explain a little more about that aspect of your work?
1: Well, from the beginning of time, when I was starting my music career, I've always been interested in healing. And I started my healing at the age of 14 through uh, George King. And um, he had many great books out on healing and how he was an advocate of doing yoga. And his books are still available on Amazon. And I was always interested in sound, how sound, I used to read books about sound, how sound is vibration, how the body's vibration. So from a young age, I've always been interested in sound healing. But um, I actually studied music therapy but I was disappointed in that because it has nothing to do with sound healing. It's more like becoming a, a therapist where you assess clients and you try and fit them in a medical model, whether it's cognitive therapy, behavioral therapy, psychodynamic therapy, et cetera, et cetera. And um, then eventually I studied, I, well I did many sound healing workshops in the States, um, studied toning using the voice. And then I studied through the college of sound healing here in uh, London and became a sound healer credited through the college of sound healing where we learned to use the voice we learned to sing the bija mantras from India we learned to use the gongs the himalayan bowls the crystal bowls tuning forks so i decided to specialize in tuning forks because for me it's not practical to have gongs crystal bowls and himalayan bowls cuz one they're heavy you need storage space and they're very loud and i don't have a venue to conduct healing sessions with all those bowls so through the um, college, I discovered, oh, tuning forks, this is interesting. So I continued my studies, specializing in tuning forks. And now I give healing uh, where the client lies in the healing couch and I use my tuning forks. And um, every single person who's had a healing session so far is amazed because no one's really familiar with sound healing. And once they have a session, they say, oh my gosh, I went really deep or whatever situations or issues they may have had it seems to it's not a cure for anything but definitely helps assist with the healing process
0: gosh it sounds so fascinating so talk us through a normal or um an a, a, a sound healing session for a client so they come in and what do they do They lie down do they sit up how does it work
1: well first i assess them we have a chat a brief chat i i um explain how the sound healing works and uh, show them my tuning forks, explain how I'll be using it on them, what it is, what it's not. And um, I say to them as well, I don't need to know any of your medical history because because I'm uh, with my psychic mediumship abilities. Uh, most of the time I seem to pick up the imbalances. For example, I was working on a client just this week and I said, to her, have you ever had your adrenal glands checked? She says, no, Why? So I just said, well, I'm not a doctor. So I said, I can only tell you, you may want to have those checked out because I feel you have adrenal burnout. So she um, went to the doctor, had all these blood tests done and she Googled adrenal burnout. She says, oh my gosh, all the symptoms I have match completely what I've been suffering for three years. And she said, after my sound healing session, she slept two nights in a row really well and she hasn't slept really well for about three years, she said. So um, she was very excited with the, benefits and results she had after only one sound healing session. And of course, she's booked other sessions. And in the meantime, she's now seeing somebody else, some kind of alternative practitioner who can help her out with her adrenal gland burnout. Uh, so she can get those balanced again to help her get her energy back to normal.
0: Oh my goodness. It sounds amazing, Larry. I must come and have a sound healing session with you. In fact, you did promise me one and I just haven't been round yet. So Larry, you seem to have done a lot of training in a lot of different colleges. Uh, and places of learning. Tell us a little bit about the most interesting training that you've done.
1: Well, for me, as probably for you, I have to say the Arthur Finley College, uh, for me, has been the best place for me to study and learn about mediumship. was, um, Because as you know, it's very intense there, 12-hour days. And um, you meet like-minded people from all over the world. And of course, they always, well, for me, it always feels like you're leaving a your comfort zone. I always feel I have to do things I wouldn't normally do. And um, it just very uh, keeps you on the edge, as it were. So for me, it's been great being exposed by different teachers' concepts. Of course, we cannot agree 100% with everyone, but it's still good, I feel, to expose yourself to different concepts, people's perspectives, and see what you can take to integrate in your, in your normal way of working.
0: Do you think we're ever qualified, we can stop training, or do you think it's something that we should all embrace as we go forward?
1: Well, for myself, learning is a never-ending journey. And even when I was a full-time musician, I was always, when we'd be traveling across North America, going to music shops, looking for books, uh, anything. And people always used to say, why do you keep buying all these music books? But um, as you know, there's always something to learn, whether it's a perspective or one slightly new way of doing something. And um, there's a famous proverb, which I don't remember the exact words. It say the day you stop learning is the day you stop living. So I've always remembered that. And it's true for me. Anytime I read books or learn something, it just stimulates the brain. It makes you feel excited and, uh, yeah, it just keeps you going, basically.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Because uh, Personally, I continue my training as you do and in fact we started the year together didn't we at the arthur finley college we did a weekend course which was incredible with tony yeah. and um chris drew and lynn mm-hmm. uh, lynn probert and we're finishing the year aren't we at the arthur finley college uh, on another program which would be really amazing mm-hmm. um I also know, Larry, that you're working at the College of Psychic Studies in Kensington oh, yeah. in London. And tell
1: us about that. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That's um, what's uh, talk about how the universe supports you. When I got laid off from that um, university job, that was in July. In August, I'd receive um, an invitation from them saying, oh, we'd like to um, offer you a position at this College of Psychic Studies, and at first I thought it was just a joke or a trick to entice me to go back there as a student, and uh, so I didn't really bother with it for about two weeks. I called them back, and sure enough, it was an authentic phone call. So after giving my interview process, as they call it, your three one-hour readings, they uh, decided to give me a place. So now I'm now uh, there currently uh, two days a week giving readings to the public, and so far it's been going really well.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, Larry. Congratulations. That's such a wonderful uh, historic place to work as well, especially in this field of psychic and mediumship. So um, tell me what you're working on right now regarding your gifts. Is there anything in particular that you're trying to improve or work on? Or
1: Well, my mediumship, I always compare my mediumship or spiritual work to playing an instrument my guitar violin, it doesn't matter how many alkylades I receive or compliments. To me, that doesn't really um, make me rest on my laws. I always think, no, how can I go deeper? How can I give better evidence? How can I really blend with spirit even more? And as you know, when working as a medium, sometimes we could have these amazing dems and go, wow, everything just flowed. It was effortlessness. How did I do that? And then a week later, you could be demming again and be really struggling. Gosh, what happened to the energy it's completely different to last week whether it's a one-to-one or on a rostrum somewhere. So it's as if I'm like a detective trying to figure out how can we sustain and maintain that effortless way of demming and being consistent with our mediumship and trying to really blend with spirit so it feels like the person can really feel and sense that we're really connected to that spirit person
0: Yeah. So you're always trying to go deeper and trying to just, like you say, get more evidence and and just basically be better at what we do, right?
1: Absolutely. Because a teacher can tell you something and cognitively, me and you could say, oh yeah, that sounds great. We understand it. But when it comes to actually doing it, as you know, it's a whole different thing because we can be standing on that platform and in our mind, our left brain could be kicking in saying, come on, we were told we're supposed to get more evidence, go deeper. Why is it not working? And um, as you know, it can be very frustrating at times.
0: Yeah, it can be. And I think uh, what I've learned certainly is, and I think this this is the same for you, Larry, is that you can do a certain amount of training courses. And I know that you've done an awful lot of training courses, as have I. Uh, but there comes a time when you just have to step out and do the work. And it's only by doing the work that you become better and better at what you do.
1: Absolutely. I think... Um... In 2013 is when the churches started calling me up, and I was so scared because that was never my plan to be a demi-medium on platform. I was so scared, I didn't even call them back at first. And then I told myself, I really have to learn to overcome this fear of um, working in the churches, which I'd never done. So I came up with a strategy. I just invited other mediums that I'd met in these courses we were doing. So I would do two links. They would do two links. And gradually, as my stamina and confidence would develop, I would do four. They would do four, till eventually, I just started doing the whole services by myself. So for me, I feel there's got to be um, steps. No, I don't feel, well, maybe some people can, but I don't feel anyone can go from a class to say, that's it, I'm ready to be a demi-medium. I think everything has to be done gradually in baby steps.
0: Yeah, so what would you say? I agree with you, Larry, of course. Um, it does have to be taken slowly. What, what, um, have you got any words of encouragement for those that are at the very beginning of their uh, training and development?
1: Yeah, again, for me, it's like playing an instrument. Some days you feel like you're, oh, I think I'm really getting the hang of playing the guitar, the violin, the piano, whatever. And other days you'll feel like packing it in. Ah, this is hopeless. I think I'm going to just stop. And mediumship can be like that. It can be sometimes feeling like it's a very slow process. And other times you might get a really good link or something might happen. Wow, I think I'm getting the hang of it. So it seems like the weather, it fluctuates. And because we're human beings, we're sentient beings, we're emotional beings, We're always fluctuating with our emotional wellness. Sometimes we feel really good, and other times we can feel really deterred. So I feel like we need to remember that mediumship is not like, uh, okay, I'll just study for X amount of time, and that's it. I'll become a a really good medium. The journey never stops. It never ends. Just like with exercise, I've been doing yoga for years, and I haven't stopped just because I've been doing it for years. I keep doing it because it keeps me feeling good. It keeps me... Uh, healthy. It improves with my flexibility, all sorts of stuff, massages my internal organs. So even with exercise, I don't stop and say, well, that's it. I've done it for 20 years plus. Same with mediumship. I'll always be looking for courses or something to keep learning from to see how I can be expanding my mediumship. But as you correctly said, I do feel it's important as you're learning to be working at it as well. Again, if it was music, I would say as a student of music, Try and go out there and play on stage so you can see what it's like to be playing in front of people you you don't know, what it's like to be on stage, what it's like to play in front of two people who are not listening, what it's like to have a sound man who disappears, what it's like to play the PA system is terrible and you can't hear yourself. So just like that with mediumship, when you're in the real world, you might have two people in front of you, you might have 100 people, or you might have people who are completely resistant, unwilling to be open to working with you. All the things that you don't actually learn in a circle Because in a circle or in a class, it's normally like-minded people who are there willing and wanting to learn. So they're very cooperative.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's good advice, Larry. Really good. I also know that you do a lot of work with the law of attraction. So can you say a little bit about that, Larry?
1: Yeah, ever since I started reading in the 80s those books by Louise Hay and Shaki Gowen, Creative Visualization, I've been a fan of LOA, Law of Attraction, and without realizing it, I've actually manifested everything I've um, succeeded with with my acting and music career, because I just used to um, visualize myself doing it all the time, and that's one of the um, tools for LOA. For example, um, with my intuitive life coaching, I do a lot of people who come to me is because they're not happy with their lives or they're in the wrong job, so I tune in and then I teach them how to become independent. So I think it's very important we become empowered and independent each and every one of us as opposed to always feeling we need to depend on someone else. Of course, it's good to get feedback or sometimes um, a little bit of help or assistance from someone else, but we really need to learn to become independent manifestors. So my belief is that the universe is all about expansion. It's not about restriction. It's our paradigms or the way we've been conditioned to live. For example, from a young childhood, I've never been told, you know, you should learn how to feel really good. It's always been about conditioning us to feel bad. If you watch the news, you're conditioned to feel bad. If you're at school and you don't too well, do too well, you've, you've been conditioned to feel like you're an idiot or you don't do well. Like in math, I was never good at math. I was always put down in that. In school, they wouldn't let me do music. They said I was tone deaf, which is ironic because I turned out to be a very successful musician. So luckily, I didn't allow allow the negativity to stop me when it came to my music career. So I really like to, or it brings me great joy when I work with these people to teach them that they don't have to be dependent on what happened in the past. Like I tell them, we have shoulders, the shoulders are for looking behind us and then we should be looking in front of us because the future can be whatever we want as we work on what we're currently doing at the moment. So if we could always consistently complain about things all oh, am I going to pay my rent this month or say someone had a bad relationship? Well, any thought you have produces a feeling which produces a vibration or a frequency because everything in life as quantum physics has proven and that the ancient seers knew as well, everything is a vibration or a frequency. And all we have to do is stay consistent with what's the frequency of the vibration we want in our lives so we focus on that vision. And of course, with the LOA, Law of Attraction, there are various tools one can implement on a daily basis, to help us manifest the tools or the actual uh, desires that we want to manifest in our physical reality.
0: Wow. You've, you are full of knowledge, Larry Davids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tell, just before we finish, I wonder if you can, I'm putting you on the spot here, Larry, I wonder if you could think up or give out to the listeners a simple exercise that they might be able to do at home that um, might enhance either their psychic gifts, their mediumship gifts, or even their law of attraction um, skills?
1: Well, for psychic and mediumship development, I think for myself, it goes without saying meditation is a very key component i've been meditating since i'm 17 years old and i still meditate twice a day and um as well as sitting in the power now which is something i learned by going to the author finley college so i'm a very disciplined individual in that i uh i know by practicing an instrument you're not going to get good just because you go to a music school you get good uh by being consistent whether it's five minutes ten minutes but if it's consistent and on a regular basis, you develop a skill set. So the same thing with psychic mediumship, because everything is energy, vibration, frequency, and we all have chakras, as we meditate on a regular basis, we develop our sensitivity. Now one can argue and say, well, I'm a psychic medium, I never meditate. Well, that's good, but my belief is you can still be a psychic medium without meditation, but I feel if you do meditate on a regular basis, your psychic and mediumship abilities will be enhanced and developed to a higher level than if one doesn't meditate. But again, this is all personal, but that's my personal ethos for what I would recommend uh, for people to develop their skills, no matter what level they're at.
0: Yeah, I think that's great, Larry. Meditation is definitely key. So Larry, thank you so much for coming and speaking to us on psychic matters. Um, People can come and find you if they want a one-to-one session, if they want sound healing with you, Reiki healing, uh, any life coaching or tuition, they can come and they can find you. Please do tell us your website so people can find you.
1: That's right, Anne. Uh, people can find me on larrymedium.com. So that's larrymedium.com and my services are listed there and there is an email or a contact page. They can contact me and then I normally get back to people within 24 hours.
0: And finally, your demonstrations of mediumship, of which I take part now and again, (laughs) where will people find out where they can come and watch you working?
1: Well, they can go to my events page on my website, and I do have a, a list there of all the churches or live events that are listed there. So that gives a good indication of where people can find me.
0: Perfect. Okay, Larry, so just before we go as well, we ought to mention that we do teach together. Do you want to say a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, the uh, good thing is for the public who come to see us work t- together, whether it's Deming or learning from us, is that, as you said earlier, we both do have contrasting styles, which makes it more interesting for the public when they see us STEM, to show them that there's not only one way on how one can be a medium. So the good thing is that we bring The teaching form is that we both have a very vast experience, whether it's seminars or personal working experience. We're both international working mediums, so we've worked in different countries. So we're both able to share what it's like to actually work in different countries because people are not really aware on how when you travel, people's expectations, the vibration and energy of the cultures and the people is completely different. And how just because if you get used to deming in England, how it's completely different, for example, if you go to Canada, the states in Europe. So We're both able to bring all these different areas of expertise. And because we're always growing and learning, we always are bringing back to the teaching form what we've learned recently as well. So it's not like we're both resting on our laurels and saying, well, I've been teaching this for 10 years. This is all you're going to get. So at least when we teach, the audience never knows what they're going to get because we don't know what we're going to get. So we're always coming in with an open mind. So everybody's learning together.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually, Larry. To bring in the fact that um, we can uh, pick up things from our demonstrations together and our psychic lifestyles, uh, and bring that into our tuition, it's. It, I think that's a really important aspect of it, actually. So we're teaching psychic and mediumship workshops together.
1: Uh, that's right. If anyone's actually interested, who's listening and would like to study or continue their studies with me. And Anne, do feel free to contact us on our various websites because Anne's got a wonderful website and you can easily contact Anne on her website or myself on my website and we'll be more than happy to reply back to you and let you know when our next dates are for teaching. Or if you'd like to set up an event in your town where you live, if you have a venue, etc. we'd be more than happy to travel to your area as well to offer demonstrations demonstration of mediumship, but also workshops as well.
0: Yeah, that would be fabulous as we do enjoy demonstrating mediumship together so much, don't we, Larry? We always have fun and the evenings are always very uplifting and really enjoyable for the audience who come along. Larry, thank you again so much for your time. I could talk to you all day. You're so fascinating. You've got so much background and so much history um, and so much. you've trained in so many interesting places and you've had so many fascinating experiences. I think you should write a
1: book. Well, uh, it's good to mentioned books because I've just finished publishing my third music book, So You Want to Play Guitar. That comes with a YouTube channel now as well. And I've got that out of my system. So now I've got three spiritual books on the go that I'm currently working on at the moment.
0: Oh, how exciting. Well, when you get closer to publication date, let us know and we'll get you back on the show. You can tell us about those.
1: Indeed. We'll have more exciting things to talk about. Page 42.
0: okay larry thank you so much again for coming on the show
1: thank you for having me and thank you listeners for listening
0: A very big thank you to all of you Psychic Matters listeners. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I really do hope that you enjoyed the episode and in fact, all the episodes so far. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you hit the subscribe button because next week we're going to be talking about how to develop your sixth sense. Everyone is psychic. Every single one of us. All of us instinctively know how to use our intuition. We can all sense a change in atmosphere if we walk into a room where an argument has just taken place, or a lot of us have had an experience where we suddenly think about someone and then they telephone you, or... Uh, you start singing a song and then it comes on the radio. This is all part of picking up information from the atmosphere around you and using your intuitive or psychic skills. So in the next episode, we're going to be exploring this and helping you, or I'll be helping you, to awaken your own psychic potential please know that I'm here to help you. So do get in touch with me if there's anything you feel you need help with. You can head over to my website, anteato.com, A-N-N-T-H-E-A-T-O.com, or you can head over to the Psychic Matters Podcast group Facebook page. I really appreciate your time in this very upside down world. If you know of anyone who you think might be interested in the subject matter of this podcast, please do share this with them. And if you're enjoying things so far, I would really appreciate you leaving me a written review on Apple Podcasts. Many thanks to those listeners who have already done that. I read each and every one of them and I'm so appreciative uh, and thank you for your lovely comments so far. But if you haven't as yet written a little review and you're finding this podcast helpful, please do take the time to write that for me. I'd be so, so very grateful. Uh, Have a fantastic couple of weeks, everyone. Just let you know this podcast comes out every two weeks, not every week, and that gives me time to create a quality show instead of churning things out. Um, So I hope that everything goes really well for you all until we meet again and until then my name is Anteato and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters.